When you're in ministry, partnerships are good. Relationships are good. Connections are good. Meeting new people is good. We're going to talk today about a particular kind of ministry, traveling day camp, where camp gets to go on the road and camp leaders and church leaders get to partner together to do exponentially impactful work in their communities. Welcome to the Sacred Playgrounds Podcast, where we dive deeply into theology, research, and practical wisdom for camps, retreat centers, and other key ministry spaces. I'm your host, Jared Rendell, camp enthusiast and part of the Sacred Playgrounds team. This podcast features Dr. Jake Swenson, a scholar and practitioner who's helping us all think more deeply about outdoor ministries. Wonder with us what God might have in store at your Sacred Playground. Hey, welcome to the playground, everyone. This is the Sacred Playgrounds podcast, episode three. Jake, it's good to see you. Good to see you, my friend. Glad we can get together. Always. I'm excited to talk about uh, the project today. Um, we have uh, spent some time together on this particular project, um, you know, going back and forth between, uh, you know, the assets and the graphics and things that we've created. And it's been interesting to learn some, to pull back some of my own experiences in uh, traveling day camp, or we called it vacation, uh, vacation Bible school with churches like, like some do. Um, you know, we'll talk about some of those different terminologies and how this works in different settings in a minute here, but it's, it's been really interesting. It's been eye-opening to me to learn some of the different ways of doing this. We all, we all do this, right? All these, us, us camp nerds, we, get into our way of doing things. And it takes conversations like this sometimes to uh, open our eyes to some of those other possibilities. And that's so good to do, right? Whether we're a camp director, whether we're uh, leading programs, or I mean, this is true for churches, this is true for parents too, to, to know um, some of these different uh, ideas and ways of, of doing things so that we all get to contextualize and make it matter for us, for our people, for our families. So uh, I'm excited to talk about this, this intersection, these intersections of um, camp and church, I think are, are really interesting. And we've been trying to figure out what this looks like a long time in outdoor ministry. And I think there's even some unique potential right now for um, some of these interesting partnerships. So I'm excited to talk about uh, this Camp to Congregation project. That's what we're exploring today. Camp to Congregation has been one of the projects that the Sacred Playgrounds team has been working on over the past couple of years now. Um, so we're studying traveling day camp, trying to understand the impacts that it has. Before we get to some of those things, give us a quick rundown of what we're talking about here. What is traveling day camp? When we use that terminology, what are we talking about? Yeah, traveling day camp, I mean, essentially is taking camp on the road, doing the day camp model um, in another venue. So a lot of camps do day camp on their sites. Some camps are specifically day camps. And so day camp... Uh, contrast with overnight camp in that there are no overnights it's just for the day so the kids come um, maybe in the morning and leave in the afternoon or leave in the evening so it's a it's a it's a kind of a single day program um, a lot of times the same kids will come back day after day for a, for the, a period of a week or so um, and so that's what the day camp model is so a lot of camps do that on site maybe the ymca does it on site um, traveling day camp is a little bit different in that the goal is to take the camp 
program from a site, from an overnight camp site, and send it on the road to a different location. And this almost always, in the Christian context, takes place in the context of a congregation. And so it's a partnership between the camp and the congregation, and it's the camp staff running a day camp program at the congregation. And so it's a really cool partnership ministry. Um, the camp staff are the trained ones. They bring the program. They bring the, the interactive activities um, into the congregational setting. Yeah, that makes sense. So tell us about the project a bit. Uh, give us a sense kind of of the scope, because it was a big project. And It was a so big project. Sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, you know, we can only do these, these sorts of projects when they're grant-funded, and this one was no exception. And so it was yeah. the Lilly Endowment um, that, that approached me uh, several years ago and said, hey, there's this camp, this big evangelical camp here in Indiana. Um, it's called Spring Hill. And they're doing this really cool, innovative program where they're taking camp on the road and they're going to these congregations and they're leading day camp programs. And the staff are like staying in host homes. And it's this really cool, new, innovative program. And I started laughing. <laughs> and I and you know why I'm laughing because we're I both do. Lutherans. And in the Lutheran camping tradition, we've been doing traveling day camp since the 1970s. I mean, it originated with, with Lutherans um, out, in, uh, out in Oregon. Uh, Jerry Olstead and Rod Boriak were, were out there at the time, and they initiated traveling day camp programs. It spread throughout the Lutheran network, and um, then eventually it, it, it kind of started spreading to Presbyterians and Methodists. Um, but the, the really cool thing was, and what I discovered, was that Spring Hill um, and some of these other evangelical camps rediscovered it. They didn't borrow it from the Lutherans or the Methodists. They came up with it sort of on their own. And it, the model looked so similar to what you and I experienced when we were summer staff members, you know, however many decades ago that was. We won't necessarily date ourselves at this point. Um, <laughs> but that was, that was a really cool um, insight. And so I immediately said, this is this is fascinating and we need to look at these two different models and, and find out the similarities and the differences. And so it, it turned into a, a project of not just studying Spring Hill and what they were doing, but also looking at some of the, the Lutheran camps in their area um, and their ge kind of their geographical reach and seeing what they were doing and what were the similarities and differences in the, in the models and also what the outcomes were. And so the project ended up being huge. We ended up looking at, um, of multiple camps, six different camps, uh, or six different states um, that these camps were spread across. We we what we did sixteen site visits uh, to these uh, day camps. Um, we we did interviews and focus groups. So we ended up with over forty hours of recording that we ended up you know uh, transcribing and and analyzing. We did um, hundreds and hundreds of surveys of the parents of the summer staff members of the camp directors throughout the country that do these programs. Um, and so it was, it was a very large project. We had six, six dimensions of the project. Um, and all of these data streams came together um, into what we have now in terms of uh, the executive summary, but also some of the materials that are on the site. Sure. So uh, for folks listening right now, they, uh, and we'll mention this again, but they could go take a look at, at this, at the executive summary, um, more narrative version, some of the graphics and the and the things and the stories that we were telling at camptocongregation.com, right? Yes, 
campuscongregation.com is still active and then there's also a, a portal through the sacred playgrounds website so they can get yeah. to it either way but but yeah the direct link camp to congregation and that's the number two so it's camp the number two congregation.com but good yeah. catch so that helps us know a little bit about um you know because in a lot of these projects it's, it's interesting and you you probably um as you're living it right uh, you you there's research on different things out there and it always feels like these big broad umbrellas but it's the researchers it's um, you know, it's the sacred playgrounds team who have to say, yeah, here's this idea. You know, Lily comes to you and they say, hey, we want to we want to learn about this thing. They come to you and you as a researcher have to figure out, OK, how do we um, how do we put some scope and uh, how do we figure out what the right scale is and how do we put these um, boundaries on so that we can learn what we need to learn? Um, and so that it seems like that took a took a lot of work to get. Sometimes it's easier to be broad, to get focused so that we can really answer these important questions. So that helps us know a bit about what the, about what the project did. Um, we know there are uh, camps who have been doing this for a long time. There are camps who are not doing this, and uh, there are camps who it's, it's relatively new for. So they're all over the spectrum. What are some of the reasons that camp directors, that program leaders um, should consider spending time on a ministry like Traveling Day Camp we know there are so many different things to focus on, all these things that play for, for families. And um, as we're in the midst of uh, planning these next summers ahead, um, why should this be on the list of things for us to consider spending time on? It's a great question. It, it really is. And, and I think this is a worthy thing to focus on um, in terms of programs go. Um, a lot of camps, camps that do this well, operate traveling day camp basically as a second stream of ministry and so they have their on-site ministry and they have their traveling day camp ministry and traveling day camp that isn't necessarily an appendage of on camp it's 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 a it's a standalone ministry that that does important things in its own right um and so i think i think where it where it really succeeds is when it has its own vision and its own mission um the importance of traveling day camp is really in this in the partnership um we have learned an effective camp that um, in order to have lasting outcomes on uh, the young people in our care, uh, we have to impact their home life and their congregational life. And so being able to connect with other places that have impacts on these young people is essential. And so having these strong partnerships with congregational ministries can really help translate um, what they learn at camp into the congregational setting. It can also um, help us reinforce what's going on in the congregational ministries in our camping ministries, because camp isn't a standalone ministry, right? We don't, we don't just operate in a vacuum. The kids are coming from somewhere. We're sending them back to somewhere, and we need to entrust them into the care of those uh, who will continue this faith journey with them. Um, and, and congregations are the primary uh, place where that happens. And so we need to be impacting the homes, but we need to be impacting the congregations as well so that they can walk alongside these kids. And so the partnership ministry becomes incredibly important. And so, um, so that's why, in general, we should be excited about a ministry like Traveling Day Camp and, and devote our time and attention to it, because it, it really does develop that partnership. But why now? I think now is a key time um, in terms of a transition point uh, for camps because of the COVID-19 pandemic, once again. Um, a lot of camps were not operating in 2020. They were operating at a limited capacity in 2021. It was a challenging summer. 
um, camps that have done traveling day camp for years, for decades. Uh, most of them had to cancel their traveling day camp programs in 2021, as well as 2020. And so some of them have been on hiatus for more than two years. And so that makes it a perfect time to reevaluate and, um, and change things up from the way that they've always done it, you know, because there's that sense too, we've always done it this way. Now is a great time to step back and say, why do we do it? What are some of the important aspects of traveling day camp? Why should we be doing it? What's our vision for this program? And then, um, you know, relaunching in a lot of ways as this, uh, as, as a new fresh ministry, because remember, Lily Endowment came to us at Sacred Playgrounds and said, this is an innovative ministry. This ministry deserves attention because we see great potential in this. That's something that we shouldn't simply ignore. Um, a camp like Spring Hill, which is enormous, by the way, they have two sites, one in Michigan, one in Indiana. They serve many thousands of campers in their on-site programs. Um, and they said, this is a ministry that deserves our time and attention. And they built an incredible program. I don't know how much we're going to be able to talk about the specifics because we've only got a limited time. But when, when we were doing the study in 2018, 2019, they were running over 100 day camp sites. And at these sites, like the small wow. ones would have 70, 80 campers. And the larger ones were 300, 400 campers at one day camp site. And so the wow. scale of this is really impressive um, that they were able to build this ministry in such a way. Um, and they saw it as innovative. A lot of the Lutheran camps that have been doing it for a long time sort of see it as, you know, again, this appendage ministry, is it really worthwhile? It's sucking dollars from, um, what, from, from our other ministries. Um, it's taking time and attention away. It's stale. It's old. Well, there's a reason that it seems stale and old. And that's because a lot of our camps are doing it the exact same way that they were doing it in the 1970s. So looking at a model like Spring Hill can help us say, oh, there are other ways to do the exact same thing, the same ministry. And so what are the best practices? Um, what are the outcomes of this ministry? That's what this project was about. What is, what is Traveling Day Camp about? What makes it tick? What makes it successful? And what are the outcomes? Are we really doing what we're, what we're setting out to do in these ministries? Because if we are, then it is a worthwhile ministry. Then it is something to put our dollars towards. Then it is something that we can, we can spend time doing and say, this in its own right is an important ministry. Yeah. So. Let's talk a little bit then about um, about some of the things that uh, that we learned. I, I love the the potential to, and as you said, some of these they had this lull. It feels like reconnecting, um, in particular with this partnership idea you were talking about. We're all trying to figure out how to reconnect into these in these different parts of our life, and the idea of key camp leaders and key congregation leaders um, reconnecting. This gives this gives it teeth. It gives it something to to really be able to, to focus on and to build together, right? Anytime that there is, that there is a tension or um, anytime that we're not sure about each other, a lot of times, this is in lots of aspects of life. If we can build something together, that turns us the same direction. We start looking at the same thing um, and we get to start collaborating. And it feels like a really, really important time to do that with key Christian leaders. Um, so we know there are um, clear outcomes to an overnight camp experience. We learned those in effective camp, tons of stories about, about those things. We've seen those outcomes, 
but like you said, this isn't uh, this is a unique program. This isn't just a, you know just a little separate arm. Um, more and more, even the camps that have been doing it for a while have um, you know started to to have these day camp directors that are really owning this this program. And so, should we expect the same kind of outcomes as we do at overnight camp? Um, will will the same kinds of things happen? What is the research telling us? Um, what did this project find about what these day camps, about what this unique experience is accomplishing? Yeah, well, we, first of all, we found some clear outcomes. Um, and second, in direct answer to your question, um, they're not the same as overnight camp. This is a different program. You okay. know, so while we're, while we are, um, while we're mimicking overnight camp in a lot of ways, and that's what traveling day camp started out doing, is mimicking the on-site programs. And so like Spring Hill, they do a lot of, you know, high adventure stuff at their camp. They have, you know, rock walls and they have big inflatables and things like that. And so when they went to their day camp model, they took all that stuff with. So they had a mobile rock wall at every one of their wow. day camp sites. They had giant inflatable water slides and obstacle courses and things like that. They brought archery with. So these, these kids, you know, they're first graders and they're learning archery. That's cool, right? You know? And so they, they were they tried to bring every aspect of the on-site camp experience on the road. Um, and it made it feel, as they called it, the Spring Hill experience. But we shouldn't expect the same outcomes. Because, one, it's a different age group. So it tends to be a younger age group than on our on-site programs, where our on-site programs you know, usually average 10, 11, 12 years old. Some, some of them are high school programs. Yes, there are elementary school programs, but the traveling day camp focuses specifically on the elementary age group. So you got a lot of kindergarten, first, second graders, these younger kids, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a younger age group in general. It's also, it, you don't have the overnight experience. And so you don't have those late nights where the kids are homesick. You don't have those experiences um, in the cabin where they're, they're thinking through stuff or doing devotions late at night, or they're laying out under the stars and wondering about um, where they fit in God's creation. Um, there, there's not those downtimes at day camp. You know, <laughs> you know, I don't know about you, but when, when, when I was on summer staff, um, we would look at traveling day camp as a sprint. You know, like mm. you mm -hmm. just went. It was high energy. Uh -huh. You gave everything that you had. And then when the kids went home at three o'clock, four o'clock, whenever it ended, you just collapsed and you had the evening to just recover. And then the next morning you do it all over again. Whereas camp is more like the distance race. It's more like the marathon, right? Like you've got a whole week where you're developing um, these kids along, you're developing the relationships, you're building a community, you're doing it in a totally different way. And there's, there's a lot more downtime. Day camp, there's not much downtime. It's it's high energy. It's about engagement. It's about activity, um, movement. And so it, it, it's different in focus in that way. And so we should expect different outcomes. But some sure. of the outcomes are similar, right? And so whereas we look for um, these lasting outcomes of the overnight camp, and we often see things like transformation and life change and, and people talking about how it completely altered their lives, we shouldn't expect those types of things in a day camp situation. What we can expect is that it will be supplemental to their Christian education. And so we, we talk about this in terms, in terms of cultivation. And so we're cultivating faith formation in the day camp model. It's something that you're, you're going into the congregational model and experience, and you're coming alongside what they're doing there, and you're reinforcing it. 
and and pastors love this and this is one of the main things that the that that the, the, the pastors other church leaders the youth ministers would talk about in terms of the day camp experience you know we're, we're hitting these things and we're, we're we're working on discipleship in these young people and then we get these cool young adult staff members who come in for the week and they show it through their actions through their words that faith matters in life and that mentorship um, becomes really important in the day camp model it's reinforcing what's going on in the congregational setting and so it's more of this supplemental program than it is a transformational program the other thing that uh that day camp is and i think one of the main goals of traveling day camp is that it's an outreach ministry it is purposely for bringing in new people and it's bringing in new people to the congregation and so the congregation feels really good about inviting people to this experience it's similar to vacation bible school in that sense right? That's why some people even call it vacation Bible school. I see key differences. And I, I do think it's important to distinguish and say, this is day camp. This is different than vacation Bible True. school in terms of the excitement. Um, and then again, with like a spring hill, when they're bringing these giant inflatables or a rock wall, people drive past. It's exciting, right? It's, it's an outreach tool for the congregation, but it's also an outreach for the camp because they're, they're reaching out to people that have never been to camp before. So in a day camp setting, you might have a bunch of kids that have been to overnight camp or their, over, their siblings have been to overnight camp, but you'll also have a bunch that have never been to camp and are trying it out through day camp. And so parents will say things like that, that we, we wanted to try out the camp experience. And now because they had a positive day camp experience, they want to do overnight camp. And so it feeds into the overnight camp program for a, a significant percentage of the young people that attend. So it's an outreach for the camp, and it's an outreach for the congregation. And that's what we talk about partnership and mutual ministry there, because both of those uh, settings are discipleship forming settings. That's valuable in such an experiential way, right? We spend all this time creating brochures and marketing and, and all of these things, but everybody knows, any marketer knows that the best thing you can do to get someone to uh, to have an experience is to share it, you know, to share that experience with them. If they get to be to be part of something, if they get to really actually have a taste, there's such a better chance of them uh, actually engaging as opposed to, you know, seeing a brochure or or even hearing someone talk for two minutes at Sunday school or or whatever it might be. If they can have that taste, um, then one that that calms, you know, nerves for the camper. Um, the parents get to get what we talked about, like in our effective camp episode, um, the initial important things of like, my kid's safe. My kid had fun. I got there and they were smiling like crazy because they had just hit the top of the rock wall or uh, the songs are going in their head. And so to have that taste is such an incredible uh, marketing and connection tool. And these young adults are trustworthy, right? I yeah. see these counselors in action and my kid wants to be them. <laughs> they want yeah. to be near them and they want to be them, you know, in it, more so than the on-camp experience, the day camp experience, uh, you know, becomes this larger than life sort of, you know, uh, summer staff members, you know, yes, there's relational building, but not as much as in the on-camp setting where you have, again, those downtimes mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, it, it, it's much more of a, wow, these people are so awesome. Um, and, and that's that's really um, impactful in terms of the um, the experience itself, having these trained summer staff members that becomes the real currency of traveling day camp.
And so we talk about these things. So, so, so cultivating faith formation, kind of opening these doorways uh, to camp and congregations. And then we shouldn't discount the actual pouring into for these, these, these individual campers. Like we're actually serving these campers. We, we are teaching them things, you know, like the, the curriculum doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily the main thing, but they are learning about the Bible. They're cracking the Bible. Um, and and they're, they're learning about specific stories. And I think more importantly, they're learning that it's, it's good to open scriptures and to talk about scriptures with each other and with young adults. They're learning how to pray. Um, those sorts of things are, are, are uh, directly applicable to their lives, to their faith lives. Um, and then let's, let's remember that um, this is something where the, the parents have a place to send their kids. It's a positive place. And so a lot of parents say they were just looking for childcare. And this was an option in a lot of cases, an affordable option. So they, some of these kids get sent to different day camp programs during the course of the summer. And so having a positive place to send their kids, having a safe space to send their kids becomes really important. Uh, some of these day camps were in low income communities, which was really exciting when we were able to, to go in and, and study these or uh, do these site visits and, and see how um, the cost of camp was covered either by the congregation or the camp. Um, and in, in some of these cases, it was a feeding ministry. And so one was a, an, a more of a, an inner city uh, poverty, and one was more of a rural poverty that we, we attended. And um, in the rural one, they actually recruited kids for day camp at the local food pantry. That's how they recruited kids to day camp. So a lot of those kids weren't members of the church, but the, the ladies of the church got together and they served hot meals. They served breakfast and lunch at, these, at this day camp. And that was one of the main outcomes that the kids talked about, you know, being able to have a hot meal, you know, and knowing that they were cared for through something, something like that. And so there's kind of this, there's this direct ministry and this direct pouring into of the kids uh, through things like those, like serving the community and feeding, doing the feeding ministry, um, providing uh, quality childcare where the parents know they're safe. Um, and then, you know, helping kids grow in, 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 in specific ways. Uh, and the staff too, you know, really helping the staff grow because this was a this was a growing experience for the summer staff members. These are young adults. Um, some of them have limited involvement with church. Some of them are in that place in their faith where they're like, you know, try to be more individual and don't really see the the benefits of a congregational ministry. And then going into an active, vibrant congregation and seeing how things work um, can really uh, change the perspective on the value of congregational ministry. And that's a positive thing as well. The Effective Camp Project has helped Christian camps across the country tell their story in a new way to parents and donors. You know that camp makes a difference because you see it with your own eyes. But we need reliable data to convince those who are skeptical and to help us identify areas for improvement. Now is your chance to gather data from your own camp. Our team of experienced researchers works with you to create custom surveys for your campers and parents. We compare your results to data from dozens of other Christian camps to show where your camp really shines and to target areas for program development. In addition to data reports and in-depth consultations, you will receive a communications toolkit to share your unique results with your audiences. Visit EffectiveCamp.com to learn more. Okay. 
Okay, Jake, we've talked a little bit about the project findings, the importance, the case for, for traveling day camp in general, and even specifically why this might be a uniquely valuable time to consider this. So now what? If I am a camp director, if I'm a program leader, if I'm a church leader, uh, wondering about this, what are some of the steps that I could take? How do we get started in this ministry? So there's really two streams of this. One for the camps that have already had this program in place, and it's time to rethink or renew it. And then the other for camps and congregations that have never done this before, sure. right? And they're thinking about starting it up. And so I think in the, in the latter case, for, for camps that have never done traveling day camp before and are thinking about this ministry because it's important, because it's valuable, because it's a strong partnership with churches, it really develops goodwill with communities, with pastors, with parents, start with a pilot program. And this is such an easy way to start. Find somebody who's going to put some effort into it and direct it and start it well. So make sure you have a, a, a few dollars <laughs> to actually get this program off the ground um, and then pilot it. So find a, a willing congregation and say, hey, what do you think about partnering on this project and we're going to try to get as many kids as we can. And we're going to uh, bring as much of the camp program as possible to your site. And so what does that mean? And then talk about it together. In order for this to feel like Camp X, our camp, it has to have this and this and this. How do we pull that off? What kind of dollars are we going to need to do that? Okay, now let's do it together and let's see how it goes. So starting with, you can start with one congregation you know, probably getting like three on board so that you can have a team sure. that goes to three different congregations during the course of the summer and runs it three times, I think would be a better way to get a pilot program off the ground. Um, and then you can go with kind of your, your biggest supporters. And that's the nice thing, right? Mm. You get the people that are most enthusiastic about your camp that really want to make this happen, that, can, that, that will get out into the community and promote this. And you get that energy and you use that in order to have a successful program in the first year. So that could be like board members. Um, they, might, they might be the right one. You're already doing some work together. So those could be some good starts. So start small but mighty is, is what you're saying. Absolutely. That is absolutely what you do. Because you want to say at the end of it, what went well? Mm -hmm. What didn't go so well? What might we want to tweak or change? And then you can really hit the ground running. And, and what you'll also have is you'll have trained staff ready to go for the, for the following year. Um, and so that's, that's exactly how I would start it. And that's how, that's how the first Lutheran camp started it. That's how Spring Hill started. They ran a pilot program with just a couple congregations that first year. Um, and then they built within less than 10 years Best. to over a hundred mm -hmm. different day camp sites. Yeah. So they really scaled up. So if you're, if you're a, a, a camp or a congregation that has already done this in the past, there are so many parts of this project that you can look at for solid ideas of how to tweak the program. Um, we've got our site visit reports. We've got um, the executive summary, and you can get a good sense of what are the key elements of the programs. And so um, the three main elements are, again, uh, the partnership between the camp and congregation and strengthening that, make sure that's very strong. Having well-trained summer staff leading the programs and then having your interactive programs. So what are those programs going to be? How how are they going to be active? How are they going to be participatory for the, for the young people? So having those three in place 
and tweaking those um, with the project findings can really help your program. For our Lutheran friends that have been doing this for decades, um, if it feels stagnant, it might be stagnant because it needs to be rethought. So um, when day camp was first started, the idea was we're going to send our, our people on the road. We're going to have camp as, as, as well as we can do it in the congregational setting. From Jerry Olstead's own mouth, I talked to him about this. He said, we stuffed everything we could in a van and we sent them on the road. And they were able to, in the 1970s, early 1980s, do that because the main thing about camp was the staff, was the excitement, was the energy, was the songs, things like that. And they were able to do a pretty good job doing it that way. We kept that model through the 1980s, even 1990s and 2000s. And so now we still have this model where we're sending, you know, as much as can in a minivan, you know, a couple drive-ins worth of stuff and a handful of staff. Um, the model needs to be tweaked. We really need to start thinking outside the van and, and bringing actual apparatus, bringing things, uh, key elements of the camp experience to the congregation. Does that mean we need a, you know, to do it like Spring Hill where they have, you know, maybe 40 <laughs> staff on a site, sure. a mobile rock wall and a couple of trailers full of stuff. I don't think we, we necessarily need to do that. Um, that can be a positive model, but, can, but it can also, what we found from the study, lead to a little bit of a reliance on the apparatus. And so it, sure. it gets too much of, I'm going from this apparatus to this apparatus to this apparatus, and we lose that piece of camp that is the relational aspect, that is the small group aspect, that is just the silly, fun, uh, you know, we're, we're going to do some fun uh, Christian songs here. Um, and, and so it, it can get a little too programmed if you do it that way. But there's a, there's, a, there's a space in the middle, absolutely, where we can, um, you know, bring more equipment, uh, something that, that is a little more splashy for the congregation. So it, it doesn't um, just end up as, as we noted in one of our, at one of our Lutheran site visits is that it was, they had a broken hula hoop. That was their, that was their equipment. I mean, it was, it was really sad, was you know, to, mm. to go from, you know, the, the high quality experience of Spring Hill to this, where they're just their equipment's not even good. And you're talking about a $1 hula hoop here, you know, like, like we can invest a little bit into these programs. We really do need to train our staff well. And that becomes important. Make sure the staff are trained specifically to do traveling day camp, specifically in early childhood education and development. This is a key ministry. It deserves its own um, attention. And send enough staff. Don't leave them short-staffed out there. And so when we're only sending three staff, even four staff on the road, it's probably not enough. You know, we probably need to staff up a little bit. When we have congregations that, that are only gathering 25, 30 campers, that may or may not be enough. We, we might need to change that model so that we understand that critical mass is important and that there are more kids in this community. And we can promote this in a way that has more kids present. And that's what I mean about expanding it beyond this vacation Bible school thing. You're not just running vacation Bible school at this congregation. It's not school, one. And it's not VBS for this congregation. It's day camp. And it's day camp that's run at this site. It's important that it's at a congregation, but it should include the community. It should be, in, in some ways, you think of it as it's a, it's a new hub where we're bringing people from the surrounding area. 
to work closer to these young people. It's easy for them to get there for a day camp ministry, but we still want there to be a, a, a critical mass. And that becomes the funding thing, right? So a lot of these congregations are trying to run it like it's VBS. And so they're, they're, they're either offering it for free um, or a, a, a really small nominal cost. Camps are losing money on day camp. I tell you right now, Spring Hill's not losing money on the program. They've got a model in place, a marketing model, a funding model, where they're charging enough that they're able to cover their expenses, even when they're sending out these huge apparatus and lots of staff members. It's got to be a, a, a model that's sustainable. Now, remember, parents these days are sending their kids to all sorts of day camps, right? If I send my kids to basketball camp at the YMCA, it might be two hours a day for the week. I spend $60, $70 on that. That's a very short amount of time. When we're talking about day camp, we're going from nine to four, nine to five, something like that. That's the whole day. And we shouldn't be afraid to, to have a fee for something like that when it's a high quality program. If it, if it, if it costs a little more, it's gonna, people are going to expect a, a higher quality program. And I know there's always concerns about will people be able to afford it or not. Put scholarships in place, put camperships in place. And that can be a positive way uh, to fund this model. There are ways to do this. You know, we charge for camp, right? Camp fees have been going up. Why haven't day camp fees been going up? If we can, if we can do this sustainably, then I think it can be really successful for the camps. And it can uh, produce a, a much higher quality program um, for the people that are participating. Because um, otherwise, they'll just do something else. You know, if it's going to be a low quality program for free, a lot of those folks will instead pay for the program that's mm. better quality. Yeah, that's interesting. I felt that play out as a as a parent myself where when I am investing in something, I I can set uh high expectations and that's actually a really good thing. Um and it, to to bring camp to a spot that can um uh, have high expectations and then meet them um with the experience that uh, the kids have that is that is a key way that camp can stay um, in the same you know in the same conversation as some of these things that feel like givens whether it's a sport thing or or whatever else it might be so for for camp to stay in that conversation means that we need to do some things really well so both the new folks and maybe others that's that's small but mighty maybe it's scaling back and and cranking up um, some of what we are creatively offering um, yeah that's an interesting interesting way and that's what I would do absolutely yeah. You know, rather than say we're going to send out 25 day camps, you know, with 25 kids at each day camp, you know, and some of them are in towns next to each other. Why don't we pare that down, try to get larger numbers of kids, send out more staff and, and charge what it's worth. You know, when yeah. we when we did the study of um, of the of the camps that are running day camps, um, the Lutheran programs on average per kid, you know, usually they charge the church a set amount, um, but on average. It's 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 about sixty dollars per kid that they're that they end up charging for the non-Lutheran kind of mainline camps, Presbyterians, Methodists mainly. It's more like seventy dollars, and we're talking about the evangelical camps um, that are running these programs, including Spring Hill, but there's others as well. It's over two hundred dollars per camper that they're charging. Wow. Now we don't necessarily need to charge two hundred dollars for the day mm -hmm. camp program, but that's probably what it's worth. You know, when you think of a week long program, um, all day long. You know, Spring Hill's going from nine to five. 
you know, thinking about things like that and, and, and trying to put a cost on it that, that makes it sustainable can be, can be really helpful in terms of a model here. And so that's something, that's something for us to think about um, as we think about this. And additionally, the registration, how does registration work? You know, if the, if the church is just, you know, putting it out in their newsletter and signing up a few of their Sunday school kids, then maybe it does feel more like VBS. Whereas now with online registration models, it's really easy for the camp to register the campers. And so they register for Camp X, not Church X. So they're registering for day camp, not necessarily for this VBS program at the church. And that makes it feel a little different too. Um, and it helps the camp centralize the registration and own the program and own these mm -hmm. campers that, that are attending their program. So folks can head to camptocongregation.com. Like you said, right from sacredplaygrounds.com, we can get there. Right on that homepage there, we've got a few things that are, that are good and next steps. So really what you do right now, if you're listening, you head there. You head to camptocongregation.com. Number two, camptocongregation.com. You go right down the homepage. And one of the, the first things you're going to find is a training and prep resource that lays out the basics of this project and what we just talked about. It lays out what's traveling day camp and what does camp do. Um, and that's something you can use for your own learning, or that's a great starter for a conversation with a, uh, with a fellow camp leader, with a church leader, you know, with someone on your board, with a pastor. Uh, so you can download that right now and have that in hand and use that to be a starter for those conversations that you can align your values, align your common goals, and then get a process started to potentially putting it in place. So that's one thing you're going to find on camptocongregation.com. If you want to see more of the, of the numbers and some of the graphics and some of what uh, the data that was crunched with this project, uh, the executive summary is right there too. You can download that executive summary, read through that, that shares information with the, with the data that's underneath um, of some of these things that Jake has been talking about and why this matters. And then if you want to dig more, you can read more of the project findings, more about each of the site visits, because there was a write-up for each of those site visits that get um, contextualized. So folks might say, hey, I've got a congregation that's kind of like this. My camp is kind of like this. And so this is helpful to, to learn. So they've got a lot of stuff, Jake, that they can uh, use as a resource to get started, um, including a conversation with you, if that's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would love to talk through um, a program like this with specific camps. Because all of this is contextual, right? It's, we're talking about bringing the camp, the camp program from a specific camp into a congregational context, a specific context. Um, and that means it needs to be adjusted a little bit. And so we don't necessarily want the cookie cutter model. Um, and so taking some of these concepts and applying them, I, I know it can be, it can be challenging. And we're, we're not saying you need to do it this way. You need to do what's right for your camp um, in your context and serve the congregations that you're partnering with in their context. And that becomes incredibly important. But knowing that this, this program is impactful, that this program is valuable, um, I know we haven't hit many of the numbers, but just, just to give a sense, like we did this survey of parents um, several months after the traveling day camp program, and 85% of the parents said, that the day camp experience had a significant positive impact on their children. This isn't the day after when they're all excited about it. This is months later when they're looking back. 85% said it had a significant positive impact on their children. We did the yeah. same with congregational leaders. We asked them about, um, did it have an impact on their congregation? And 
of congregational leaders said it had a significant positive impact on their congregation and their ministries. And so this is a this is a program that really does have positive impacts. And we've we've quantified some of those um, in the reports. And uh, I'm just happy to talk more about this. You know, you know, I could talk about this all day. Um, there's so much stuff that we have, so many yeah. data points. Um, but really, what I wanted to get across um, in this episode is that this is a valuable ministry. It's worth your time, your attention, and your resources. And now is the time. Now is the time to rethink and 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 try to relaunch or launch for the first time uh, a ministry like Traveling Day Camp. So your next steps, everybody, go learn some more. Um, camp, the number two, congregation.com to learn some more and gather some resources for yourself. And then have a next conversation. Have a conversation with someone about what this could look like for your own context. And let us know how that goes, whether that's uh, find us on Facebook, email us from the website, whatever it might be. And we will see you next time on the Sacred Playgrounds podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sacred Playgrounds podcast. This episode was produced by me, Jared Rendell, and featured Dr. Jake Sorensen, lead researcher and founder at Sacred Playgrounds, LLC. Our theme music was written and performed by Taylor Wilson. You can find his original songs wherever you get your music. Learn more and connect with the Sacred Playgrounds team at sacredplaygrounds.com.